Meet the Skywalkers by Frodogenic. Read by Sam Gabriel. Based on the works of George Lucas. Chapter 15 Read me the list again, Piet barked, turning a circle in the middle of the hangar. Venka squinted at his data pad. Fuel feed shut down. Check. Atmospheric failsafes tested. Check. Tools and maintenance kits stowed in storage lockers. And moved to hold 12? Yes, sir. Ventilation shaft sealed. All of them? What about that one? He pointed. Venka's gaze climbed up the bulkheads over the bay control room viewport between the empty starfighter rails and past the pilot access ways to a distant tile of grating set into the twenty-meter ceiling. It then carefully abseiled back down and landed with some concern on Piet. Sir, we're talking about a toddler here, Piet glared. Who, I shall reiterate, levitates objects with his brain? Venka sighed. Yes, sir. He made a get-a-move-on gesture at the deck officer who dragged himself up from the generator housing, where he'd been trying to catch his breath from the fifty or so orders that had kept him scurrying around like a womp rat on glitter stim for the last half hour, and went at a limping jong to the emergency enviro station on the port bulkhead. Golden alert lights blazed on, and a scream of stiff machinery cascaded from the ceiling. "'What else?' Piet half-shouted over the reverberating screech of the vent hatch grinding shut for probably the first time in its operational life. Uh, flammables cleared, waste chutes magnetically sealed, triple-strength security patrol stations at all exits, and on standby to engage blast doors. Yes, sir, Piet fidgeted. We're forgetting something. Sir, said Venka patiently, there are 300,000 trained military professionals aboard. We can handle a baby and a few teenagers for an hour or two. Piet glared again. If that were true, we would be having this conversation aboard the first bloody Death Star. Or don't you remember what happened the last time teenagers related to Lord Vader got loose aboard an Imperial naval vessel? Venka flipped his data pad back up with a vaguely rebellious air. I would hardly consider the situations analogous, sir. What do you expect him to do? Hijack the ship? Ships! He snapped his fingers under the nose of the deck officer just as the man came panting back. I want the power cells pulled from those shuttles over there, and the weapon systems unlinked. Now, as a matter of fact, move them out of this hangar completely. No sense even presenting the temptation. There'd still be Skywalker's yacht to entice the little devils, but that was his lookout. The deck officer threw a pleading look at Venka, who merely sighed. Yes, sir. Modan, you get the prep cycle started. I'll call in for flight crews. Venka touched his earpiece. Comms, this is the captain speaking. Get me Flight Commander Brandy. Pause. Yes, it's about Hangar Bravo 5 again. No doubt cursing the day he'd been born, or if he was smart, the day a certain paranoid admiral had been born. The deck officer wheezed off again. Piet turned another circle, doing his damnness to think like a Skywalker, except Skywalkers didn't think, did they? They're just criffing new things. He blew out an exasperated breath. What he wouldn't give to have a spot of that force wizardry of theirs himself, if only for one blasted minute. At least then he might have some idea of how their brains operated on the inside. Oh, damnation, the cargo lift. They'd already closed it, of course. The great gaping bottomless chasm had been item one on the baby-proofing list. But he'd meant to check that the repulsors were activated below, in case a Vaderlet got the hatch back open and jumped in. 
He turns to Vader to ask about it, but found him in the depths of what sounded a very complicated conversation with the flight commander over where to move the shuttles. Mordan would probably know. Mordan had three shuttles to flight prep and could do without the interruption. Piet turned on his heel and headed for the control room lift. He'd feel better if he checked for himself anyway. In the control room it was dark, except for the hangar lights outside the broad viewport and the indicator lights on the control panels. He deposited himself behind the first workstation, scanning the panel for the cargo lift, cargo lift controls. Now what were the status readouts? Admiral. Deeply ingrained survival reflexes prevented him from jumping like an electrocuted Nexu, but his eyes darted up to the viewport. Perfectly framed between the gaping bay doors, Corazon's nightside hemisphere regarded him, draped in diamond necklaces of lights, beringed with satellites and the glitter of traffic. Superimposed over the spectacle, motionless in the shadows, Vader's reflection returned the planet's gaze. Piet moved to stand to attention, but Vader waved him down. As you were. Yes, sir. I was just checking something. He bent quickly over the board again and this time spotted the readouts for the cargo lift. The repulsors were only on at half strength, but that was 300 tons of load lift, quite sufficient to catch any free-falling adolescents. Overkill, in fact. Ridiculously excessive. He ought to turn it down, if anything. I trust you have made appropriate and thorough preparations. Piet swore himself silently and tweaked the repulsors up another 10%. Tatooine corollary adjustment, he told himself. That sounded better than ingrained paranoia. Yes, my lord. We're nearly ready. I have given orders for those shuttles down there to be transferred out of the way. I have not checked Her Highness's ETA with ComScan yet, but... Fifteen minutes, approximately, Vader said distantly. There is sufficient time to clear the shuttles, provided the deck officer is expeditious. Griffin the Skywalkers, they just know things. Piet nodded and stood up, forcing himself to assume an at-ease pose. The first shuttle was just lifting off. He watched it proceed out of the bay, followed by its two sisters, and tried to make himself actually relax. Perhaps Venka would turn out to be right. Even if all three junior solos were as badly addicted to adrenaline as he feared, what greater thrill could they ask for than meeting Darth Vader? And little Ben, most likely, would have eyes only for his beloved Dada. Speaking of whom, Piet leaned forward slightly to get a view of the yacht on its pad. The running lights were still dark and the ramp was retracted. Damn him, how could it possibly take this long to pack one duffel bag? He must realize what a disaster it would be if this meeting happened without him. The princess had been testy enough the last time. With her brood on hand, she'd probably be primed to blow the restraining bolt if Vader so much as breathed in the wrong direction, which was approximately 99.999% of all available directions. If ever a buffer named Luke Skywalker had been needed, it was now. But he'd be eager to see his wife and child again. He'd surely be here on time. Please, please be here on time. He followed Vader's unbudging basilisk stare out the bay to Coruscant, nimbly twirling her place in the universe's endless ballet. Good to be home, sir, he ventured. Vader spared him a skeptical glance. You consider this system home? No, uh, I meant for you, sir. It is a hive of scum and villainy under this or any other government. I cannot imagine what appeal you think it holds for me. He then went back to staring ahead at Luminous Coruscant, the insectoid eye plates of the helmet making him look uncommonly like a moth transfixed by a glow panel. On closer inspection, though, it couldn't be the planet on which Vader was so intent. The occasional slight tip of his helmet and shifting of his weight betrayed an inner activity, a response to something Piet was not equipped to perceive, or more likely, to someone. He meshed his fingers behind his back. Perhaps Yongbis Solo, sir?
For exactly the second time in their working relationship, he had caught Vader totally flat-footed. The helmet snapped towards him for several breath cycles. Finally, a low growl emerged. How did you know that? Piet tried not to look too insufferably pleased with himself. Oh, I know lots of things, sir. You do not know the first thing about the Force, Vader snapped. Perhaps not, my lord, but I do know you. And by extension, Jaina Solo, the clear heir apparent where Vader's signature brand of aggressive and impetuous boldness was concerned. Vader stared at him a second or two longer before turning, flouncing, a more suicidal observer might have said, back to the viewport. Sulky, no doubt, over the unlooked-for dent in his reputation as an inscrutable living legend. But he must have been impressed in spite of himself, for the next moment... Your intuition serves you well. If the Force were with you... The unfinished thought left a sort of melancholy echo in the air. A shade of wistfulness, it might be, or was it loneliness? It must have been lonely all these years to be the only person on the ship who could perceive this mysterious force of his. If I could only have it for a minute. A ridiculous fantasy, but how else could he understand? You could always ask. His tongue ran with the thought before his brain could think better of it. What's it like, my lord? The force, I mean. Make that three times. Vader actually skipped an entire breathing cycle this time, staring at him like he'd sprouted wings in a proboscis. Never mind, sir, Piet said hastily, just an idle thought. You are only the second person who has ever asked me that question. I, I apologize, sir. I meant no intrusion. Why do you wish to know? Well, his mouth was sand. This was farther out of his comfort zone than the unknown regions had been. I suppose because that is it's clearly an integral part of your life, and I have no experience of it myself, so I should like to understand a bit better. The basilisk stare pinned him for another several seconds. In the hangar, the proximity lights flashed yellow, indicating an inbound ship had crossed the sensor perimeter 5,000 clicks out. The chief of state and her family were about to dock. Skywalker was still nowhere to be seen, and here was Firmus W. Piet making belated philosophical inquiries. I cannot impart an experience of it to you in words. Piet nodded, mostly relieved, though there was a tiny pang of- With thoughts, however, some measure of accuracy is possible. Piet nearly had a coronary right there and then. Another voice, a strange voice, inside his mind, where he'd only ever heard his voice. Was this what going mad felt like? You are not going mad, replied the voice. A brief pause. But yes, even at times to those accustomed to such feelings. Piet swallowed and tried to muster something more intelligent than abstract primal panic. So, this is... false? No. Your mind lacks the necessary structure to perceive the force directly. However, I can show you what I perceive. For a short time. Prolonged telepathy would destroy your neural pathways within 15 minutes. Ah, that probably explained why he'd always killed prisoners as soon as he'd finished interrogating. Someone flipped the universe's power switch on. What impressed itself upon him was... was something he barely had the vocabulary to cling to. Every insect in an infinite hundred-dimensional jungle had awoken at once, 
and all their voices were prickles of touchable light tugging at anchors in his own body. Except it wasn't sound or sight or touch as he'd ever known them. It was a whole new plane of existence, a soulish kind of energy that touched and suffused and bound together every man on the bridge, every burst of emotion, every conduit and cable in the bulkheads and decks, the so-called lifeless vacuum outside the transparent steel, even the blasted mouse droids. The vision switched off. Piet staggered. He felt drunk in his ears, eyes, fingers, nose, tongue, as though his brain couldn't remember how to operate its physical equipment. Eventually, as his neurons started to get their feet back under them, he realized that the only reason he hadn't keeled over was because of the enormous glove locked around his right bicep. That, Vader said, is something like it. My gods, Piet croaked. That, or probably something more intense than that, because as far as he could tell they hadn't even looked farther than this ship, was how Vader and Skywalker and the Solo youngsters and little Ben lived every single moment. Of course they were all maniacs. As I said, words do not suffice. They certainly don't. Piet worked his mouth, trying to get some moisture back into it. Thank you, sir, for showing me. Vader absorbed this silently for some time. And you for inquiring. His gaze traveled back down to the hangar opening, where a white speck was now visible, closing the last few hundred kilometers. As I said, only one other ever did. Piet thought he could guess who she had been, but he merely nodded and immediately regretted that, as a rush of vertigo nearly knocked him over, Vader propelled him to a chair into which he sank gratefully, hands pressed to his temples while he stared at the deck, trying to reorient himself. Silence reclaimed control of the darkened room for several minutes, broken only by the rhythm of the respirator and regular alert tones from the control panel. Can you stand? Yes, sir. Piet pushed himself up, surreptitiously breaking his still-shaky knees on the back of the seat. A beam of scarlet light through the viewport drew his eyes up, the proximity lights were flashing crimson, and the Falcon was once more riding the invisible rail of the tractor beam through the bay's shimmering airlocks, and still no sign of Skywalker. Piet swallowed and finally faced the music. I trust, sir, that Marta Skywalker does intend to join us. I have no doubt he will arrive at the moment of his choosing or not a single instant earlier, Vader said in a tone that could have bleached and starched uniforms for a whole detachment. Ahem, said Piet. Would you like me to dispatch a security team to fetch him, sir? Vader cast a withering look down from his superior height. And wait three years while they attempt to catch him. He swept past toward the exit. Piet bristled along behind him into the lift car. I seem to recall they weren't the only ones who had difficulty on that score, sir. Vader twitched a pauldron his version of a shrug. He is his mother's son. He glared at the lift chrono. Except that she was always prompt. When they arrived in the access corridor and came to the deck-level observation windows, the Falcon was touching down, her hydraulic exhaust flooding the deck so that she appeared to be surfacing from a cloud. Vader's steps slowed and finally came to a halt. 
Following his gaze, Piet could see Solo and his Wookiee companion in the cockpit and the shadows of other figures moving behind them. Then a little shock of red hair peeped over the top of the console, and a pair of little hands were shooed away from various controls and levers. Vader's inhale sounded much sharper than usual. He took a step back from the window. All at once something bloomed inside Piet, something that perhaps had spent many years germinating in the silent, dark soil, waiting for the end of winter. He didn't want to call it pity, not least because he knew how offended Vader would be by such a notion. Compassion, then, for a man who'd once had what must have been a tremendous capacity for love, and who'd instead led such a lonely life for so long. Perhaps Vader deserved no such compassion, but then again, it wasn't a question of deserving, was it? It was a question of giving and of accepting. Unafraid, he laid an understanding hand on the massive shoulder. Shall I go greet them, sir, while you wait for Master Skywalker? Vader crossed his arms and gave a short nod, keeping back from the window so as not to be easily seen. Piet left him in the corridor and stepped into the hangar, where Venka was just making a beeline for the hatch. He stopped and saluted. Sir, if you won't be needing me, I'll return to the bridge. Please don't need me, his face said. Piet was tempted to need him on purpose, just to give the man a healthy appreciation of what he'd spent the last twenty-eight years dealing with on a daily basis, but that probably fell under the heading of cruel and unusual punishment. More importantly, it was a private affair. By all means, Captain. I shall be available by calm if there are any urgent transmissions, which— he pulled a page from Lord Vader's book and pointed a finger, shall not be construed to include calls from media outlets, reporters, or Senator Borsk Failure's office. Am I understood? Thacker like grinned. Certainly, sir. Piet clapped his shoulder and proceeded alone across the hangar to the arrival zone of the Falcon's pad. The ramp was deploying, albeit with several ominous screeches suggesting it might be just as likely to simply fall off. It'd be no surprise. He wondered a bit hopefully— if the princess plans to make Vader wait again. But the next moment, legs strode into view, pausing at the top. Said this before, but I'll say it again. If any of you would rather stay on the Falcon... <laughs> Good. Count me out. I was speaking to our children. We aren't scary nerves, Mom. Yeah. Of course not, but you don't have to prove that to anybody. Not to me, not to your father. And least of all, Granddad, we know. We're coming, Mom. All right. There was a pause. Piet imagined them all taking a deep breath, and then the princess appeared, arm in arm with Solo. By way of diplomatic concessions, she had traded out her usual severe white for soft blue, and he, praised the merciful gods, was not wearing his blaster, though he kept frowning and scratching his hip uneasily. Hot on their heels, brandy-brown eyes darting keenly came Jaina, trailed by her more cautious brothers. Anakin Jr. caught Piet's eye and ventured a wave and a smile. Johannes. "'General Solo, Miss Solo, gentlemen?' Piet stepped smartly forward and offered his hands to each in turn. "'Welcome aboard the Executor.' "'Astral,' murmured Jaina, the future starfighter pilot. Jason and Anakin stuck their hands in their jacket pockets, head craned back, looking at... looking at the damned ceiling vent. Anakin was pointing at the catwalks enthusiastically, tracing out a way to get to the vent. Ha! He'd enjoy playing the security footage back for Venka's edification. "'Admiral.' said the princess, eyeing the otherwise empty hangar. At least someone came to meet us. Hey, shrugged Solo. Darth Pops can take his own sweet time as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm, <laughs> said Piet. But we also have the pleasure of Mrs. Skywalker's company. In a minute, 
said the princess. She's handling a minor crisis. I trust nothing too serious. Oh, it's serious, all right, muttered Jaina. Seriously disgusting. Detonator diaper, said Anakin. He mimicked an explosion with both hands. Ah, oh, said Piet. Pousered, or dare I say dusted? Totally one hundred percent death-starred, Anakin grinned, though it was a nervous-looking grin. And speaking of things that go boom, Jason cut in. You still owe us point number three. Looks like we've still got time. I'm not sure. I expect Lord Vader will be along any moment, so make it fast. Three insistent faces leaned towards him impatiently. Piet glanced nervously at the princess, but she merely shared a resigned look with Solo and shrugged. Well, I, I, I would have to say, I would have to say that you ought to take it easy on him. Easy? Four sets of eyebrows bounced off the ceiling, while a mask every bit as impassive as Vader's descended on the princess's face. Easy, Piet repeated. It's, that is, it has been a long time since any of us aboard this vessel has experienced normal family life. For Lord Vader it has been even longer. That is no small adjustment to make at our time of life, so yes, I think you ought to take it easy on him. He paused. To begin with? Be a damn shame if they took it easy on him forever. As the three junior solos debated this final pearl of wisdom amongst themselves in furious whispers, Piet caught the princess's eye and stepped closer. I delivered the message you sent before we left Araidu, he murmured. It... it was greatly appreciated. I thought you ought to know. She nodded, smooth fate as a statue, but he saw her knuckles whiten on Solo's hand and saw him draw her a little bit closer, like a ship being towed to safe harbor. Thank you, Admiral. An indistinct call crossed the hangar, and they all pivoted to see Skywalker emerge from the portside lift, waving, thank the Force. Uncle Luke! Hi, Uncle Luke! About time, kid. Dada, dada, dada! Down the Falcon's ramp and across the landing pad shot a small red-headed comet wearing nothing but a diaper and a pair of non-skid spotted socks. Skywalker broke into a run and intercepted the incoming attack halfway across the deck, sweeping Ben off his feet and into the air as he squealed for pure joy. Dada, Dada, I've missed you! The princess's face shattered into a brilliant smile. Piet, finding rather to his surprise that he had to look away in order to maintain something like decorum, saw Mara come down the ramp and pause on the edge of the pad, hands full of little clothes and eyes full of joy. Rather more sedate than her last arrival, but then she would have been hard-pressed to get into kissing range without one of Ben's flailing little limbs clocking her in the nose. Dada! I fly ship with Uncle Han! I come see you! I see big, big ship! I play fly, Dada! I play fly! I missed you! Absolutely we can play flying, buddy. I missed you, too. Skywalker tucked the toddler against his chest, wrapping a hand gently around the little shock of red hair, and darted a kiss onto his forehead. A very quick one as Ben was not about to put up with any tiresome snuggling at a time like this. Shifting the boy to one side, Skywalker came up to Mara and managed to steal a kiss, then another on the cheek from his sister and a shoulder slap from Solo and a row of high fives from the teenage contingent. Hey, you three. Uncle Luke, where's Granddad? Yeah, is he? All three teenagers fell abruptly silent and still. Even little Ben went huge-eyed and quiet. The princess tensed and Solo's hand started twitching again where his blaster ought to be. Framed in the hangar entrance, larger than life, stood Vader. His respirator echoed, commanding the stillness of the whole hangar effortlessly. Piet caught himself holding his breath in the faint hope that it might make him invisible. 
Vader took a single step, paused, looked directly at the princess, as if asking a silent question. For another long, hard moment, she looked back, unrelenting. But finally, she gave a small, stiff nod. Vader's gaze swung away from her down the line of children, and then he approached, step by slow step. Bold as brass, Jaina looked up, wide-eyed but motionless, as he paused in front of her, studying her face. Then he moved on to Jason, now to Anakin. He paused a little longer there, reaching out to tip the boy's chin up a little more. The eyes, perhaps. The boy had his uncle's eyes. Whatever his misgivings earlier in the corridor, his dominant authority and self-assurance projected through the whole cavernous room as emphatically as ever, but something else, too. Those three would never dread him as others did. There was almost a caress in his heavy, metal-solid gaze as it drank each of the men. However, they also looked satisfyingly like three individuals into whom the fear of the gods had just been put. Piet felt he was entitled to smirk just a tad. A tremendous shriek split the silence, and probably every eardrum in the hangar. The next sound was a one-toddler stampede as Ben planted his feet against Skywalker's torso, sprang to freedom, and hurled himself like a ballistic missile into the boots that had rung the footsteps of doom on a thousand worlds. The spell fragmented like ice under a hammer. Skywalker had his hand clamped over the lower half of his face in a galactic city second. Solo emitted a single guffaw and then turned bright red trying to swallow the rest, which instantly reduced the junior Solos to alarming choking fits as they tried to follow suit. A slow, glowingly wicked grin overtook the princess by degrees, presumably as whole new worlds of scope for vengeance unfolded before her. Vader, for his part, stared down at the child bouncing around his ankles as if at some previously undiscovered life form. Dada! Dada! Vader retreated a step, but Ben stuck to him like red on plasma. I am not your father, young one. The voice which had struck terror into moths, admirals, and potentates failed to make the slightest impression on Ben Skywalker, who flung up both arms desperately. Eyes up! Eyes up! Vader cast about for expert assistance and latched onto Mara, the one straight face in the room. What is he requesting? He wants up, obviously. Vader attempted to shoo Ben toward her with one foot, which was expertly dodged and then clambered on. He wants you to pick him up, Mara elaborated. How she was maintaining that perfectly cool expression neither Piet nor Skywalker nor anybody surnamed Solo was able to say. Vader, after one further hesitation, reached down with one hand and hoisted little Ben up to chest height. Wide gray eyes reflected in his lenses as the pair studied one another. You are impertinent, Vader pronounced, and demanding. Both qualities obviously met with his complete approval. Ben spread out one grubby hand and plastered it directly over Vader's left eye plate, leaving a massive smear. As Dada? Now face to face, the physical disparity seems to be confusing him. No, bud, said Skywalker. That's Grandpa, remember? Ben looked at him, then back at Vader in befuddlement. Grandpa? Yes, he's my daddy. Dada! Jaina collapsed on her father's shoulder, burying a spasm of laughter in his shirt. Anakin the Younger doubled over wheezing, and Jason, Jason the blackmailer, had a recorder out. Because of course he did. Piet could do nothing about it at this point but pinch the bridge of his nose and speculate on which supreme deity he defended to deserve this. I am not your father, 
Vader repeated in what was definitely feigned exasperation. Ben was already on to the next subject, namely the grill of the face mask into which he was sticking his fingers. As that. Vader pried the fingers back out. That is my respirator. Now the clasp of the cape. That is the- I fight. What? Skywalker finally took pity on his father and came up to collect the boy. Maybe Grandpa will play flying with you later, Ben. First we're going to fly the ship back home. Do you want to help me fly? As far as Jada. Then a frown at Vader. As far as Jada. Grandpa, corrected Skywalker. You'll have to ask him. Us come fly with me, Grandpa? Vader hesitated. But only a moment. Very well, little one. The text of this story can be found on AO3 and fanfiction.net. The music is Guitar Blooms by Sylvester Weaver. Special thanks to Sakiko. For more stories that I've read, visit my website at samgabrielvo.com. And finally, as always, thank you for listening. <laughs>